0: between clutter and creativity. Hmm. But before I get to that, let me introduce you to this show's sponsor, who is Intelligent Blends. Intelligent Blends sent us their in-house coffee blends created for a single serve coffee brewer, and they are delicious. Okay. So right now I'm looking out the window. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but um, it's raining. And it's cold. It's Texas. So it's not like cold for those of you who are in real cold places, but it's cold. I mean, like I'm wearing a jacket and socks and everything. Anyway, at this time of year, a hot cup of coffee or tea is just what I need. Okay, not tea, but I dream of being a tea drinker anyway, but it's just what I need. And I love the convenience of using my single serve brewer, um, just for a nice warm cup of coffee at Intelligent Blends. Um, they send their coffee factory direct with free shipping, and this keeps costs down very low. They take out the middleman as low as 39 cents per cup and Intelligent Blends is leading the way in sustainability with their recyclable single serve pods. Go to shopblends.com slash collections slash a slab comes clean or just click the link in the show notes for this episode, or you can go to aslobcomesclean.com coffee, and I have all of the information there. If you already have a single serve brewer and want to try a sample pack, the code Clean will take $1.99 off, which is equivalent to 50% off of their sample packs. clean 10 will get you 10% off any purchase, even on the purchase of a new brewer. That's shopblends.com slash collections slash a slob comes clean or a clean.com slash coffee. Okay. So, um, I am talking about creativity and clutter, but before I do that, I want to make sure you guys know that my pre-order bonus that I have been working my bohiney. I hope that's appropriate. Cause I know a lot of kids listen. Sorry if it's not, um, kids don't say that unless your mom says it's okay. Um, but I have been working my bohiney off on this, thing. Um, this, uh, yes. Okay. So it's called the five day clutter shakedown. It is a video course. It's five, 10 ish minutes. Some of them are eight. One of them's like 12 or 13 minutes, um, taking you through working through any clutter, no matter how overwhelming. Okay. So I take you through that. This course is a $30 value. That means in the future, that's how much it's going to cost. But for right now, it is a pre-order bonus. All you have to do is pre-order my next book, which comes out at the end of February, which is called Decluttering at the Speed of Life. And just pre-ordering it. I have no access to your information to send you the bonus, but if you pre-order it and then go to a slash bonus, there will be a form for you to fill out to give me your order number. That's what I have to have. I have to have your order number. You'll also tell me what kind of the book that you bought, meaning paperback or, um, uh, Kindle or audio. I don't think the audio is available for pre-order yet, but anyway, um, but those things will be there. You'll be able to fill out that information and get immediate access to the course. You'll get a special code, which will let you have the course for free, a $30 value. So basically the book is like, I think it's $16.99. Different sites maybe have a little dollar, you know, lower or something like that. But for that price, you're going to get my book, which I'll be super duper honest until you helps me so incredibly much when you pre-order. Like if a book's going to be super successful, which, you know, is always the goal. Um, pre-orders make all the difference in that because then those all drop and count on the first day. So that, um, is incredibly helpful for me, but the goal is also that the book is helpful for you. But as you go ahead and pre-order it, you now get to go ahead and get started. I know it's December 19th, Christmas. Okay. So I'm not actually releasing this until the 21st, but Christmas is like a few days away. It's less than a week away. So, I get that you're not thinking about decluttering now, but if you're listening to this later or if you're listening to this um, you know, whatever, like go ahead, get the course and have it ready cuz I promise you the decluttering bug is going to hit right after Christmas. So you will be ready for that because honestly, I just I told them, I was like, "Y'all, that's great to release it at the end of February, but The reality is people want decluttering help the week between Christmas and New Year's. And so this is my way of providing that for you and also motivating motivating you to pre-order the book. So go to a slash bonus and you will get all of the information that you need. Bonus is spelled B-O-N-U-S. And I'll just tell you that it's one of those words when you look at it, you go, that is a really weird word. But anyway, okay. So, I'm talking today about creativity and clutter. This is podcast 151. Uh, This is something I've been thinking about, and it's just something that runs through my head. And a little of the history, the background, just to be clear um, this is not like scientifically researched or anything. This is all based on my experience, as is everything. But so, my experience with um, starting my blog back in 2009. Um, and starting it anonymously because this was my deep, dark secret. still pretty much is, But anyway, um, starting it and being petrified of anyone finding out that this was me. I used a fake name, called myself Noni. Um, the reason that I did that was I was so ashamed of this and I didn't think anyone else in the world struggled with what I struggled with. I thought I was the only one out there who whose house was, you know, consistently in just total disaster status. I mean, that, that's what I thought. I thought nobody else is like this because every time I see their house, you know, I'd knock on somebody's door unexpectedly, which I try not to do. But you know, when I did that, their house didn't look like a tornado had just gone through or whatever. So I really thought I was the only one. Well, when I started. um you know this was going to be my practice blog and so it, it was this weird thing because if you're a creative you understand this you're like oh I don't want anyone to see this but I sure want people to see this it's a weird thing anyway um so people did start to read my blog no one I knew and instead of saying they were horrified which is what I assumed people would say they instead were saying oh my goodness this is me too this is these are the struggles that I've always had too i thought I was the only one. Everything that you're saying is the same stuff going through my head. And so I had found a lot of kindred spirits. And back in those days, you know, commenting and all that kind of stuff was different. It was before Facebook was a big thing. I don't think I was even on Facebook yet. But at that point, I would find out anything I could about the person who had commented, you know, if they had a profile on Blogger or whatever, I would look at it and just say, Oh, my goodness, there are other people who feel this way, you know, and they're reading my blog, and they love to comment. And I would go find out about them. And I started to see this direct link between creativity. And these issues that I had, because these people were poets and artists and lots of theater teachers like I was, I mean, just so many different creative, incredibly awesome women who I was like, these are people I want to be friends with. Um, <clears throat> but I saw this very direct link between creativity and these struggles that I was having. And that helped me. It took me a long way because what it did was I through and it was a long process. It was not a, Oh, they're creative. Oh, okay. But it was, it was a long process of me realizing, Oh, this is how my brain works you know, this, this is part of who I am. This is part of my personality. This is therefore that helped me realize this is going to be a struggle my entire life. You know, this is always going to be something because it's part of how my brain works. Did that make me say, oh, well, this is how I am? No. Instead, it made me say, I don't have to feel like a failure because traditional organizing advice doesn't work for me. I just have to figure out what does work for me because obviously my brain And the way it works, the creative side of it, um, is, is it work? my brain works differently than that of, you know, people who are naturally organized, not that naturally organized people can't be creative, but there was just a very much a relationship between creativity and, and these issues. So today I'm going to talk about creativity and clutter specifically. Um, I think I've had another podcast, and there's a chapter in my first book, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, available wherever books are sold, um, where I talk about the project mentality. You know, The mentality of, I like to take on huge projects. I like to plan them, implement my plan, and sit back and enjoy the fact that they're finished and over, Um, and how that works against the mundane aspects of housekeeping that are not a project at all. Um, but what about clutter? specifically? Well, people like me are really, really nice people. Um, <laughs> basically, what I mean is we see the beauty in things. Like we see the value in things. Like one of the examples that I give in the five day clutter shakedown, the course that's a pre-order bonus um, for decluttering at the speed of life, is crayons you know, and how I had to come to this point of implementing the container concept. I know I'm mentioning some things you may not know about there's podcasts on them or go get the course. And I explain it really, really clearly, but you know, looking at a crayon, if I am just going to look at a crayon and say, does it have value? Oh, it has value until it has completely disappeared because it can still color. And so, you know, I mean, to me, that was a, But I'm a I'm a nice person and I see the value in a broken crayon. You know, I mean, like that's a meme, right? Broken crayons still color and they totally do. And I'm not even saying that I that I've decided I get rid of all broken crayons. I'm just saying that that personality trait is something that has been a problem for me. Seeing the value in everything, seeing the value in broken stuff. I mean I have learned now to stay away from such things, but the kind of stuff that gets my creative juices and my brain flowing are those things that tell you don't throw away these 10 things that everybody else throws away because of all the neat things that you could do with them. Um, I mean that kind of stuff. I mean, I just, that's my natural instinct. I love that kind of stuff. You show me a creative way to use a milk bottle cap and I'll save milk bottle caps for the next, you know, 50 years or whatever. I mean that it just speaks to me or, you know, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of people who clean out their, um, relatives houses. I get emails from all sorts of people, you know, telling me they're decluttering stories and they'll just go on and on and on about, um, butter containers, how, um, or margarine containers, whatever, just how many of those they kept. And can you believe it? And I'm like, I get it now because I understand the container concept, but not better containers, but like the amount of space I have in my house is how much stuff I can keep. But I get it because a margarine container is basically free Tupperware. You know, I mean, it's just, it's useful. It can be super useful. I still have a very small one. I think my mother-in-law gave it to me. That's where I keep my tacks and things in my um, drawer, in my junk drawer. You know, I mean, that's, <clears throat> you know, my mom uses Velveeta containers, which we never really ate Velveeta. That's a story in my first book. But anyway, she never really fed us Velveeta, but she's, you know, used it occasionally. But she would use Velveeta containers for organizing drawers. You know, look what how they make a neat little thing that's just as good as the stuff you buy at the store. That kind of stuff just th- that's how that like makes my soul just sing is all those types of things is seeing the possibilities in things um flea market finds you know people f- going to a flea market finding things you know making something else out of it you know trash to treasure all that kind of stuff oh it's like i mean it just you know i feel like my cells sing or something you know what i mean it's just like oh that kind of stuff is just my natural stuff that i am drawn to and love I think I've told you guys before when I was a kid, I would even tell people, which now I look back and go, that's really kind of weird for a little kid to say that. But I wanted to own a junkyard. I mean, just the idea of a junkyard, lots of neat, cool things, neat and cool things. That's what I wanted. I just loved looking at stuff and things like that. Um, obviously it got me into a lot of trouble, which led me to a blog to starting a blog called "The Slop comes clean. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, so I've had to get over that, but I'm just going to give you some ideas of things that I've kept or not ideas for you to keep. I'm just saying examples of things I have kept because they were great ideas or I had seen something or I'd had a great idea and then I had to declutter in bulk, meaning throw away or fill up multiple trash bags to get rid of all of them. Um, because a lot of the stuff was actually trash. It wasn't even like stuff to donate or whatever. So biggest example would be Capri Sun boxes. Um so when I was couponing, Capri Suns would be one of those things that I got pretty regularly. I saw something somewhere. It was in a magazine, maybe. This was before I was on the internet very much. Most of my it's probably twelve, thirteen years ago. But I saw somewhere about um, this child who had built a playhouse out of Capri Sun boxes. That sounded like the coolest thing ever. It sounded like exactly what I would have loved to have done as a child if I had ever known if even Capri Sun boxes existed and I had ever thought of that. I There was a book at the library when I was probably first, second grade or something. There was one summer I checked it out every single week because I just would read through it and look at all the pictures. And it was basically that kind of stuff. It was little, it was things. I remember there being a, a, a mirror or something that was decorated with all these. it was basically trash to treasure for kids. All these little projects that you could do around your house. If you just collected all these things, you know, use things that you already have. Did I ever make any of those projects? No. I didn't, but I loved that book. So I collected Capri Sun boxes forever. I put them in our playroom, which was actually an enclosed porch. It leaked, half of them disintegrated. And the kid who I was absolutely sure was going to love building out of Capri Sun boxes, I would try to explain to him, wouldn't it be neat if you could do this? And he'd be like, okay, And what did he do? He'd build stuff outside with sticks that had fallen. And I mean, he was, he was always building. And so, yeah, it made sense that this would be a project for him, but it wasn't really his idea. And so he didn't really, I mean, it it just, it never happened. And all it was, was a big old pile of Capri Sun boxes, which are kind of big, honestly. Um, Some uh, baby food jars, I've collected baby food jars when my kids were babies, glass jars of all sorts and sizes, frames, (sighs) y'all. So when my kids were little, I was always looking for a creative outlet. That's basically what led me to blogging. Um, Always with a little entrepreneurial spin, even though I didn't really realize that's what I was doing. Uh, But I had this idea one year, I was like, I had seen some artfully painted frames somewhere. And I thought, that looks easy. That's like a frame, just some normal frame that they just painted really cool looking. Um, Y'all, I'm not a painter. And I never have been. I've never really been an artist. I did um, enjoy art my senior year, but, um, mostly I, I copied pictures, you know, like I I figured out how to copy, not like trace them or anything, but I figured out how to, you know, so I, I just wasn't, but I didn't know I wasn't good at that stuff yet. And so I, before I painted a single frame, I bought probably not literally, but it felt like it a zillion frames at garage sales. Every time I would see a frame, because people sell frames for like 25 cents, 50 cents at garage sales. I can remember hauling in a, a huge box full of frames from one. And it didn't even matter if they were in decent condition, because I was going to paint them. And I thought, oh, that looks so, that does not look that hard. And I, I could probably sell those and I could give them as gifts and I could, and I had all these great ideas. So I collected and I collected and I collected. And then one day I actually, after I'd already collected an almost literal zillion, but not really literal, I actually painted a frame. It looked nothing like the frames inside my head had looked. I was using the same colors that I thought I was going to use when they looked so great inside my head. Um, I was really bad at painting frames and I, I just mean like really bad. Um, I didn't sand anything first. Now I go, maybe that would have made a difference. Um, it really, truly just looked horrendous, you know, and, and then I was done And. Now I had a million frames I didn't need, except that they all had value in and of themselves because a frame is a good thing. And I didn't understand the container concept yet. Um, but I wasn't even going to use them at that point because I had already figured out, Oh, I'm not actually good at painting frames. And not just to the point where, oh, I'm not good at painting frames, but like, yeah, I don't even like it enough to learn how to be good at painting frames. I mean, it just wasn't even something. so other things I've correct c- yeah, collected fabric. people like to give their fabric to people who they think are going to appreciate it. Well, I could totally see myself being a quilter one day. I never have quilted anything ever, but yeah, you want to give me your fabric, I'll take it. Um, so I collect a lot of fabric, I collected and kept broken dishes for mosaics because mosaics seemed cool. Um, cookie cutters. Oh my goodness. And a lot of this stuff was due to garage selling, you know, going to garage sales all the time. Um, cookie cutters, Uh, you know, if everybody sells their collection of 15 cookie cutters and I buy them all, Oh my, cause you can't there's a lot of stuff you can do with cookie cutters. You can use them for painting little things with little um kids projects. They can be stenciled Um you can use them with play-doh, um, you can make salt dough ornaments, blah, 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 whatever. I thought cookie cutters were just such a potentially creative thing that I had to have them. Um, stamps, I talk about that in my next book and my experience with um basically buying someone else's entire collection of stamps, um, thinking, "Ooh, stamps sound fun and not buying one, but buying their whole collection that they were basically decluttering. Um, And here's the thing, the creative soul loves the what ifs, we love the potential and the possibility of things, there is a thrill that comes from collecting something. That's a what if, like if I bring this, if I have this thing, there are all these ideas and possibilities of what it could be. But, and here's where I'm going to kind of go into things. Um, even though there's a thrill from what ifs, I personally have come to a point where I've realized I find a lasting joy from actually creating. So the collecting does give me a thrill. Okay. It doesn't like it used to, because I have changed a lot because I have gotten rid of so many of those things that were just exciting possibilities. And then they turned into a huge pain in the bohine. Okay. I mean that, I'm sorry. I've used that word multiple times this time. Um, but that it's a huge pain to box up and get rid of 60 Capri Sun boxes. It's a huge pain to, and it's also depressing to put 60 frames that are ugly because I thought I was going to paint them and it didn't matter if they were ugly to put those in my garage sale for 10 cents and nobody wants them. It's a huge pain because there's glass in them. And so having gotten rid of so many of those what ifs has really changed how I look at future what ifs. Okay. So the thrill is different now, which in some ways is a little bit depressing, I'll be honest, but it's, it's truth, you know, but the lasting joy of creativity that I've found has come from actually creating. And here's, this is what made me start thinking about this. Y'all, this is podcast number 151. That's like 75 plus hours of me talking into a microphone. That's more than three days. You can listen to my voice. Please don't because that's just scary for three days straight without stopping. And yet when I started, I remember, um, so those first several podcasts, I told my slob story. I think maybe it went through podcast number seven And I was nervous. I thought, what in the world? How am I going to keep coming up with stuff to talk about? Once I've told, you know, basically my whole slob story, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? And yet 75 hours later, I'm still going. And there are often weeks, and I'm sure you guys have noticed this, where on a Monday, I'll think, I have no idea what my podcast is going to be about this week, but you know what? It always comes to me every single time. And that is what has made me think about this is creativity produces more creativity, but collecting in hopes of creativity didn't produce more creativity for me. It actually paralyzed me because I ended up with so much stuff in my house that it was really hard to, to get things done. You know, I had so much stuff and I couldn't remember where things were and they were in piles because they would just bring it in and put it on top of the pile. And so, but the actual act of really, truly creating produces more. So y'all know, I just talked about it for a while at the beginning. Um, I just finished my second book. When I finished the first book, I mean, my whole goal with how to manage your home without losing your mind was that it be complete. Like I did not want to hold anything back. I, I knew that I had a two-bit contract, but that was the publisher's idea, not mine. And so I I knew that I wanted people to feel completely and totally like they could do this when they finished reading that book. I wanted people to know all of it. So I put everything in that book. I mean, we've got all the basics of... You know, going from completely overwhelmed to getting your house to where you feel like, okay, I can do this, you know, you know, starting from the very beginning, getting habits under control, and then there's decluttering. And that and all the basics that you need to do to get started decluttering. So I remember when my um, publisher had called me when I first signed the contract before I wrote the first book. And she was like, congratulations. Like, you know, I heard you signed it and turned it in. And I said, well, I said, I just want to talk about the second book. Cause I have no idea what it'll be. She's like, it's okay. And there were times when I was working on that first book where I would have these little moments of, oh my goodness, I have to write another book. Cause I was thinking I'm putting everything in this. I can't write another book. And yet I put everything into it and then kind of had a little bit of distance, took a breath and my brain started going again. And it was like, Oh, you know what I could do? I could do this. And you know, when the, the kind of the main framework of the book, which is that we go specifically of decluttering at the speed of life which is the one I'm talking about right now, but that we go specifically through space by space, each different space, you know, your kitchen, your living areas, your clothes, all that kind of stuff in your house. That came as I went ahead and start writing, started writing. It, it wasn't all ahead of time. Now I had a general framework that I was starting with, but the real like, Oh yes, this is where my passion is. This is the part of it that I really, really love. That came as I was being creative because creativity produces creativity. Okay. So what does that mean for decluttering? Um, Paint the frames. So if you've been collecting a bunch of things, go ahead and paint the frame. Cause what did it do for me? Well, it pretty much showed me that was not the direction I wanted to go because it didn't increase my creativity. Okay. So that, yes, it took me a while to get rid of it. Now I'd be able to get rid of it sooner, but I also wouldn't collect a zillion before I started, but go ahead and paint the frame. If you want to paint frames, grab three frames, because I'm not going to be ridiculous and say just one, because I mean, we are us. Grab three frames at a garage sale and paint the frames. And I'll just tell you, if you love it, there's going to be more frames at future garage sales. And that'll actually be a lot more fun to go to the garage sale, already knowing that you love painting frames and you cannot wait to paint another frame. And you might even go to the next garage sale and go, you know what, this surface right here of this, you know, whatever glossiness that really didn't work as well. And that would require more work of me. So out of these five frames, I'm going to choose these two, because these are the ones that are going to work best for me to paint or, oh, you know what, I didn't have as much fun painting the one that had all those little ridges in it in that little design on the outside that may, was not as fun for me. So I'm going to stay away from those and I'm going to go with this, but it's not about squelching the creativity. I guess what I'm honestly saying is I feel like for me personally, the less, the less stuff that I have, the more my creativity flows. And that is the key. It's the flow. It's like I've talked, I have a post, and I think I have a podcast on it too, about cleaning in the midst of a mess and how the, the, the point of it is that as I am going on through, if I can just keep going, that is so much more effective than if I do a little bit and stop and do a little bit and stop. So, meaning, even when the house is a crazy mess, if I will keep running the dishwasher every single night, then it keeps the house going and it never gets to total and complete disaster status the way it used to when I would get overwhelmed and think, well, what's the point of running the dishwasher? Okay. That flow of just keeping things going, that is what, I feel like I'm not saying this the right way. That is what produces more creativity. The actual doing, not the collecting, but the actual doing is what then produces more. Okay. So y'all know my story, or maybe you don't, but I wanted to start a blog for a year and a half. Okay. And I had, I mean, I'd written lists out of things I was going to write about. They were all the things I was actually good at. I was never going to write about cleaning and organizing, but um, organizing, but I, am um, you know, I had lists, I had things, whatever. I still have moments of panic. Um, but not as much anymore because I, f- I would never have thought, I mean, truly, honestly, if you had asked me in 2009, could you write about cleaning for the next nine years, eight years? I would have said, no. And I would have given you a completely logical answer. Now I started it. I started writing about cleaning because I thought it would lead into not writing about cleaning. Like that was my goal it was me, my practice blog. I would thought, I thought about it, but instead here I am eight, nine years later, I'm not doing the math right now. Sorry. I think it's eight, eight and a half maybe. And I'm still writing about cleaning and it was probably about two years. And I can remember there in the beginning, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. But then there was just every day, there was something new, I could write more, I had more to write about. Um, you know, in my head, I say, Okay, this decluttering book I've written now, I'm done. I don't know, I don't know what else I could write about decluttering. But I know enough now to hold that loosely and say, I have no idea. But I have confidence that creativity produces more creativity and give it a little bit of time and more ideas are going to come to me. I think that's the thing as you think it looking at it as a future thing you think well I'm going to use up the idea I have right now and then I won't have any more ideas. And so sometimes it feels like well I'd rather just stick in the idea phase because surely once I actually use the idea, then I won't have that joy or that thrill of the idea anymore. When in reality, that's not true because once I actually act on it, then in the future that produces more ideas. Like every time I act on an idea, it usually, you know, flows into four more ideas from there and then four more ideas from there. And over time, that's how you learn that and become confident in that. Um, I remember when I first started blogging, um, or not even, anyway, I've talked to other bloggers and ones who maybe didn't have like a niche or whatever. And they've said, Oh, I, you know, I, I don't want to, it's basically would scare them to get stuck in a niche, a niche being like talking about cleaning, as opposed to just talking about whatever you want to talk about. And, you know, cause they said, oh, I have a hard enough time coming up with ideas on my own. And I'm like, well, what I had learned, because I would have thought the exact same thing. What I have learned is that having my niche be cleaning actually makes it so much easier for me because everything I see in my life, everything I do, every, you know, thinking about the fact of creativity or whatever, I'm like, well, how does that relate to cleaning? How does that relate to clutter? And it actually produces more creativity in that it's narrowed down to some degree okay so you know just this idea that I might like to paint someday or this idea that I might like to knit someday and so I'm collecting yarn or this idea that I might like to do whatever um is kind of how I roll but then once I actually you know once you get into that world of blogging you learn there's Always going to be more for me to learn about that. You know, people who knit, they don't just knit one thing and then they're done. They knit one thing and then they are like, oh, I want to try this. Or, I want to try this or I want to perfect this. And so it's a challenge that then builds and grows, and that creativity produces more creativity, which is all of our desire, right? So think about things like um, cooking shows. I assume most of us like cooking shows, right? Because we love the idea of all that kind of stuff. Um, which are more exciting for you? Now, I, I'm not going to make any assumptions, but for me personally, I like them all, but the ones that I really just kind of, they, they put light in my eyes is the ones where they have a challenge, meaning here are your five ingredients, make something out of them. Those are the ones that are exciting to me because I love that need for creativity, Okay. Like that's the kind of stuff that just gets my mind churning, but it's because their possibilities, their stuff that they have to work with is limited. It's not because, okay, here's your storage unit full of every kind of food, which I mean, obviously this is an analogy that doesn't really work because all the food would spoil, but you know what I mean? Like here's a storage unit full of every single kind of food that you could possibly have, or we're going to cook this right inside the grocery store. So you can go get, that's not, that takes away that excitement of what my creativity needs. Okay. So reading Little House on the Prairie, if you guys have read them. So I think it was the Long Winter. I read that a couple years ago again. Um my mom has all of those at her lake house and so sometimes I'll read one. Anyway, so The Long Winter is the one, I think, where um they actually live in town in the storefront and like there's this huge blizzard and they basically when I read it as an adult, I'm like, Yeah, they could have all died. Uh-huh. Um, but the dad is um I think they were like braiding hay. Do you remember that? Um, so they're because they had run out of um firewood and they were gonna freeze to death if they couldn't keep their fire going. And so they would tightly, tightly and if I'm getting this wrong, sorry, but they would tightly braid this hay together and their, their fingers were just raw and bleeding from trying to do this, but they were surviving that kind of stuff. I mean, (laughs) that was the situation that as a child, my brain would put me in over being a princess, you know, like the little princess thing, you know, when she lives up in the room in the attic, and she has nothing and all that, that's the kind of stuff that in my mind, I think, oh, because they have to be creative, they're forced into creativity. And yet, because I didn't live in those situations, you know, I would think, oh, well, this right here, if I was ever a actual princess, but nobody knew it living in a tower locked away, then this would be the kind of thing that I could do such and such with, with. I mean, that's how my brain would work. So I better go ahead and keep it, even though that's really never going to happen to me. But that, that's the thing. I told a story one time and I was honestly, this has been like my first year of vlogging, I think I was honestly a little offended because nobody commented on it for a long time. Anyway, but so we had this, <coughs> we had this iron bed frame that I had bought at a garage sale because it was really cool looking. And I carried it back from Kansas to Texas. And, um, or maybe we couldn't fit it in our car and my mom had to bring, I don't know, whatever it was, it was a huge hassle, but it was cool looking and it was like $30. So how are you supposed to not get it? You know, um, it had sat in our garage forever. And we were at a point where we had no beds that size. It was a full size and, um, our kids were all in twin beds. And it was also so old and antique that it wouldn't have been quite safe enough for me to feel like my kids could be on it. Um, that thing sat in our garage for years, years until I finally got rid of it. But I had decided, you know what, I need to get rid of that thing. And then my husband and sons were watching the three stooges. And in the three stooges, who knows what their situation was but they had a big fire pot. They had the fire in and they had an iron bed frame and mine had the springs on it attached, which the guy who bought it was like, I don't know, for some reason he was a little snooty about that, but whatever. It was the original springs. Okay. But they had a bed just like the one I had and they had their fire pot and then the springs and then they were cooking on top of that. Well, that's creative. And that kind of creativity makes my brain go, oh, oh, I, I like to think I would be that creative. Okay. I, I want to be my Ingalls who had to make do and come up with great ways to do things with less, except that for some reason it never translated into then I should have less to be more creative. I thought, well, then I should keep these things in case I ever needed them. I could be creative. So I, I remember actually in my head thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't get rid of that bed really, that's how my brain works. They were so creative using an iron bed frame with the springs on it. You know, the springs, but no mattress as their basically cooktop. I thought, well, you know, if anything ever happened uh, and then I thankfully quickly went, okay, what is wrong with me? That doesn't even make any sense at all. I can't go there. Um, and instead say that was so creative you know what, if at some point we had to cook on a fire in our backyard, I would be creative enough to figure something out. Like I'm just sitting here right now while it's raining and I can see out my backyard. Um, so we have these lawn chairs that are metal and they have paint on them, but the paint would burn off. Right. So yeah, we could just do the fire right under that and we'd be fine. I mean, see, you know, like when I go, I'm like, okay, I can think along those lines, but instead I would, that creative, creative side of me would think, well, then I should go ahead and keep this, or I should go ahead and get this. Um, okay. Does that make sense? Because the joy is from the actual creating. So my, my encouragement to you and the thing that has been very helpful for me has been to say, you know, when I would look at clutter and I would think, I can't get rid of that. It has so many possibilities the best thing to do was to go ahead and use something. Cause like all those glass jars, I had all these great ideas of that could hold this and it could hold this. And so one day I just said, okay, then I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to go ahead and put cornstarch in this one and baking soda in that one. And when I went ahead and did that, then I realized, oh, well, I've got 15 other jars here that have been taking up space in my cabinet and getting on my nerves because they fall out and one breaks or whatever, because I've had them there for the sake of what they could someday do. But when I went ahead and just did the thing that I thought I was saving them for anyway, I realized, oh, well, that was fun and great. And now I know for a fact, I don't need these. And then I was able to get rid of those things. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. I'm going to stop there and um let you guys know that i would love for you to go visit our sponsor um, shopblends.com slash collections slash comes clean or aslobkemsclean.com slash coffee. Um, and be sure to go and pre order decluttering at the speed of life and then go over, fill out the form. You have to fill out the form with your order number and your information um, so that I can send you the link and the code to get the five day clutter shakedown for free right now. And just for those of you who love podcasts, but aren't necessarily able to watch video with your internet connection, um, it is created as a video course, meaning, you know, I say this right here or something, but we did strip out the audio and made that an additional file for you so that you can listen just to the audio. Um, and we also, because I know there are some who, just love to read things. Um we also I had the uh videos transcribed and so we do also have PDFs. So we have them in written form the each day's lesson. So all of those things are included so there's really there's no reason for you to not get it cuz you want to pre-order my book anyway, right? So this will get you started on decluttering and then we will dive deep into the emotions and the practical actual steps of working through your clutter in the book. Okay. All right. I will talk to you guys next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Bye.